Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. July 2nd, Saturday, July 2nd. It is a three-day weekend. I uh, hope you enjoy it. hope you have a good time. Uh, do, do yourself a favor. If you want to ask me a question, uh, I suggest putting in the comments early. Uh, the last eight weeks or so, we have not been able to answer all questions because at nine o'clock, I bounce to our amazing private Facebook group. A couple of quick things as we get started while you put in your questions. Um, one, Uh, I do think, uh, I really do now believe that real estate or the housing market uh, with the crash in transactions that I've been calling for takes hold in the second half, right, which has now started and will undoubtedly cause Q3 and Q4 uh, to be negative GDP. Uh, I do believe, at least based on the Atlanta Fed, uh, that that Q2 GDP could be negative. I just have this uneasy feeling that the powers that be, right, the the 10 or so economists who in retrospect call recessions, I don't think they're going to call Q1 and Q2 a recession. And again, don't shoot the messenger. I don't think it freaking matters, uh, but I don't think they will uh, because what they will point at is the underlying job market grew January, February, March, April, May, and perhaps June, it will be reported Friday. I think if you have six months of job growth, I don't think these economists are going to call it a recession. And again, I don't think it matters, but just watch all of these talking heads on TV tie themselves in knots trying to explain to the American public that no, 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 no. Two quarters of negative GDP growth is not always a recession. The job market is strong. It doesn't matter. We are very likely going to have four uh, negative quarters of GDP growth because even if Q2 is a skosh positive, and we're talking 0.1, maybe 0.2, just because of inventory mix, uh, it doesn't matter. We are going to have a recession this year. I was wrong. Dion was right. And um, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be real estate based. I think the real estate housing market with the trillions of dollars getting cut in half, uh, cash out refis going to zero. There's just all this liquidity that's not out there. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be bad for the economy. It's going to be great for you and I, I think what's coming and hopefully you you're hearing me when I say this, the real estate slowdown that I've been calling for that's now here is going to be amazing. Perhaps once in a lifetime, I truly believe that this this real estate slowdown is potentially going to cause once in a lifetime opportunities for investors that are prepared. If you have a buy box and you look at it every day, without question, your buy box is bananas today. It is popping off. 
more listings, price drops on, off, cancellations, expires. It's going crazy, which is exactly what we want. It's exactly what we want. I believe this is not a, you don't have to rush. You don't have to race. You don't have to be in a hurry, but you have to be diligent. This is not a time to let daily disciplines slide. Not okay. Not okay. You have to look every day. I believe you are going to be able to put deals together if you learn creative financing like you've never thought possible. Lots of you think creative financing, seller financing is impossible. Lots of you think getting sellers to agree to one or two or 3% interest is impossible. You have seen nothing yet. And in a world of no transactions, sellers will eventually relent. Yes, you might never, I, mean, I can't tell you how many people have told me, Michael, I would never give a loan at 1%. Well, great. I'm not calling on you. I have loans at 1%, 2 3%. If you don't want to believe it's possible, no harm, no foul on me. I know it's possible. It takes time. It takes an increase in motivation. It takes daily discipline. I am getting more notes from my students Hey, Michael, property was listed at 250, then at 229, I bought it for 170. You don't think that seller had motivation? You don't think this all starts with wish pricing? It's everything I've been telling you is coming. Second, cost of capital is going up. As investors, I can't say this any more clear. We don't care. We don't care. It is one variable in our spreadsheet. And all we have to know, do is know what it is. Second, uh, if you're looking to do buy and hold and you are using hard money, do yourself a favor. Reach out to one of the non-QM lenders I have on my channel weekly just to see what's cheaper. You shouldn't be paying 12% and three points. Maybe pay seven and a half and two points. Just get some of you, some of you get access to hard money and you stop looking for other sources. If you can save three, four, five percent interest monthly. Why not? At least have a conversation. Uh, what else? Yeah, I, you know, I really do believe that uh, the housing-led recession of the second half of 2022 is going to be an amazing time for investors. We are going to find sellers. And again, today at 930, so I'm going to do this live at 8, do the Facebook group live at 9, and then at 930... I have my team member coming on talking about our $1,000 marketing that we're reaching out to sellers because I want I want you guys to see what I am doing. I am doing what I say and what I teach. Um, it's coming. And then uh, next week, if you're one of my students, uh, we have the um, another deep dive coming, 9 a.m. So we will still do this live next Saturday. But 9 a.m. next week, we're going to do a deep dive on cost segregation, bonus depreciation, who can use it, should you use it, what is a carryover, all of that stuff. Because I just put out a video, I think today at 7 a.m., talking about how I can do a 50-40-10 with 10% down and then get 6% back from the IRS. Think about that. I can get into a fourplex, I think was the example, for 4% money, and it cash flows day one. That's what happens when you're creative and you use every level, every le lever, lever, knob, button to your advantage. I am marketing to sellers with equity. I know I'm going to get some. 
I know I'm going to put 10% down. I know I'm going to do cost segregation and bonus depreciation. And if I can get 6% back year one, my down payment is 4%. How do you like me now? Right? If you're in my course, we talk about yield. Pretty sexy. Pretty sexy. So again, lots of stuff coming. I keep investing in you. Keep giving back. Hopefully you enjoy that. Uh, again, deep dive July 9th, 9 a.m. Uh, look for a Zoom invite in the Facebook group or from Teachable. For some of you, uh, my Teachable invites probably go to your junk mail. So when I announce it on the Daily Financial News and you don't see it, please check your junk mail. I have not scheduled it yet. I'll probably do it this weekend. So, all right. I uh, just rambled for a little bit. Let's go right to the top of these comments and say hi or ask questions. Hey, Jeffrey, how you doing? Yep, my puppies are asleep right there. Oh, the lumberjack's on. Hey, buddy. Tamika's on. How you doing? Yes, fireworks. Uh, good, Terry, good morning. Uh, yes. Yeah, guys, if you didn't watch my daily financial news this morning, we took a moment of silence for a friend of mine, Aaron Norris, uh, who's actually been a guest on this show repeatedly. Uh, we, he, uh, he lost his battle with cancer uh, yesterday. So real, a real sad day. Um, I can't imagine what his father, Bruce, and, and his brothers and, and, and whatnot. I just, uh, yeah, it's it's a sad day. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, Catherine, good morning. How are you? Uh, Chester, good morning. Oh, I did. I forgot. I got so I got lost on my Aaron Norris thoughts. So I will do the uh, postcards tomorrow. Um, I want to make sure that people get a shout out. Uh, on the daily financial news. You're absolutely right. I turned around and looked at it and said, but yes, we'll do them tomorrow. We got three more people doing the work. If you don't know what these are, folks, this is my way of tracking uh, impact. I talk to you every day and I want to know how we're doing, right? Are people getting a value? And if you get a rental, I want to send you one of these and I want to give you a public shout out uh, at, on the daily financial news. So if you close a deal, and I'm, dude, I'm an easy grader. If you buy a home and you said I helped, I'll send you a card. House hack, send you a card. Airbnb, send you a card. I don't care. If you think, if you've done something that warrants a card, send me a direct message with your address. I'll send you a card. I got a whole bunch more to give away. I got that whole pile right there. Oh, can you see them? Oh, you can see the top. It's right. Oops. Right there. That's a whole block. Yeah. Anyways. Matt, good morning. How are you? Anna, good morning. Roland, good morning. Oh, how much longer will we have to wait before lowball offers will be more commonly accepted by sellers? Well, based on what my students are telling me, some of you are already winning. Uh, I suspect, uh, again, I think it rolls, I, I, again, I think July 20th is a crazy day. Um. So let's say four to six weeks after July 20th, because again, it takes time for sellers. In. So July 20th comes out. The media goes batshit crazy. Sellers see what's going on. Buyers disappear. Stuff ages out two weeks, four weeks. So probably, yeah, uh, call it late August or September. Again, wild, wild guess. But again, let's be clear. I'm writing low ball offers today. And if you're in our private Facebook group, you're seeing lowball offers win weekly, where a year ago they've never won. Uh, I think I think in the last I think in the last week, 
three or four of you have posted deals where your ultimate purchase price was 40% or below uh, the original list price. So it's already happening. Uh, it'll happen a lot more frequently. Yeah, late August, September. Just my wild guess. <clears throat> Sean, uh, think the Fed raises into a recession or pauses beforehand like normally do? Nope. I think the Fed's going to raise uh, the whole year. I think they're going to continue to point at the job market and say, hey, look, that's strong. I haven't changed my opinion. I think the Fed gets the Fed funds rate up in, up to three and a quarter, three. I think I called three. I don't remember. I think I called 3%. I think the Fed, no, the Fed goes up 75 July. I haven't changed my opinion. Again, I really do believe, I believe Jerome Powell will actually say, let's just say Q2 is negative 2.1% like the Fed's Atlanta, whatever forecast thing does. I think you're going to hear Jerome Powell when they speak after the Fed releases the next 75, he's going to say, yes, folks, I understand we had two negatives of quarters of GDP, but given we had six months of job growth, it's not technically a recession. <coughs> and I think the average viewers are going to lose their minds. What do you mean we don't have, we don't have a recession with two quarters of GDP? Folks, there's, you know, as somebody who has an econ degree, uh, there's a much longer definition of what a recession is. We just love easy rules of thumb. And it is true since World War II, every two quarters was a recession. Again, I think I think the Fed is going to work overdrive and say, well, yeah, I know Q1 was negative one six and Q2 was negative two. But you know what? We created a million jobs. So, nope, we're not in a recession. Again, I don't think it matters. I really don't think it matters. I think, the, I think the consumers who can cause a recession all by themselves are already scared. <clears throat> and then when we lose the housing market uh, on July 20th, it's going to be a housing-led recession. And then Diana Olick will be talking about that in August and September. The future looks pretty um, – the domino series looks pretty well set up to me. But again, I'm looking around the corner, and I'm wrong all the time. But that's, that's what I see, Sean. On, a, on the 50, 40, 10, 10 is all paid to non-QM or split between first. No, the 10 is your down payment. So 50% first, 40% seller, 10% you or equity down payment. The 10 is a down payment. Good morning, Romy. How are you? And then Anna, just in case you don't know, on my channel, One Rental at a Time, there's a playlist called Deep Dive. There's a full 90 minutes uh, that we got with Stephen Dow and I talking about the 50, 40, 10. We answered every single question that was asked. It was amazing. We got right to the end when we got the last question. So we, we answered every question asked. So hopefully, um, if you haven't seen that yet, that's a good read, I think, or a good listen. Persona, good morning. Uh, question, what happened to rents in 70 to 80s? Yardi Matrix is predicting 8 to 10% rent increase in 2022, 4% 2023. Uh, again, the 70s was a different world for uh, for housing because it was mainly multifamily. Uh, Single-family homes were not rented at, at the quantities that they are today. But yes, rents went up. The 1970s was stagflation. But rent, again, the, as I've said, you know, I said what? I think, I think the 52-year spreadsheet has been out 16 months now. The only people that won the 70s were landlords. 
If you bought a property in 1970 with 30-year fixed rate debt, you won. Your payment never changed. Rents more than doubled in a decade. You win. You win. Think about this decade. Who's going to win 2020? The people that bought rental homes in 2020, just like I told you. You're going to have the low rates. You're going to have the low rates of the decade. You're going to have the low price. Uh, it's, it's. I kept screaming, buy in 2020 when all these people were calling for a crash. It's kind of funny. So, yeah, I think rents go up. I think what likely happens, persona, again, my kind of wild-ass guess, single-family rents go up and apartments are more flat. I think what we're going to see in this next decade is a more and more push to single-family homes. That's my guess right now. Hey, Jeff, I just want a home. Gotcha. I assume you mean own a home versus rent a home. Uh, I would check out 203K loans. I would check out house hacking, uh, seller financing, lots of ways to get in the game. You guys know that, um, what's his name? Meet Kevin for all his $1.8 million or million subs. He uh, he bought his first home in Southern California with a 203K loan. 203K loans were impossible to leverage the last two years, Jeff. They won't be the next two years. When real estate crash, when real estate transactions crash 50%, 203K loans win, FHA wins, VA wins. Just get ready. Romy, will you see more 40-year mortgages help motivated buyers? Um, yeah, probably. I don't know if you guys saw my daily financial news this morning, but Boris Johnson in the UK is pushing 50-year mortgages. And not only 50-year mortgages, but 50-year mortgages that can transition to your kids. Think about that. Think about that. The mortgage is so bad and so long, you have to build into the mortgage, transferring it death to your kids. But yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, I think a real estate-based recession, which I see coming, is going to cause the powers that be to go, how the hell can we spark housing? A housing-based recession is bad. And uh, we should see what's, what's coming, yeah. Anna, to do the 50, 40, 10, do I get a real estate attorney to write up the amortization plan, et cetera? Who do I use owner financing? How, who? Uh, Anna, again, watch the deep dive. It's all in there in short title, escrow, or closing attorney based on your state and your rules uh, will help you do that. Israel, yay, good morning. Hey, how are you? Even in an expensive market like mine, I'm seeing more and more listings show up in my buy box because location, 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 there are still absolutely insane list price. Yeah, again, it, it housing markets all react the same. What is going to happen between now and June, July, 20, July 20th? Um, you're going to get little areas reporting their numbers, then that will be the state, and then we get the big national number on the 20th. Just wait. This number comes out and every mom and dad who has ever thought about selling lists quickly. Oh my God, we missed the top. What do we do, honey? Blah, blah, blah. We can't do this, that, blah, blah, blah. And then buyers, ghost. Buyers are going to disappear. And then we investors step into the mix and go, how bad do you want to sell? Do you want to sell or do you have to sell? You and I are looking for have to sell. Real estate agents, your job, 
don't list at wish pricing. Don't waste your time. A lot of you are going to just burn hours and burn like light money on fire. They want to sell. Want to sell is not need to sell. In an environment where transactions crash, if you're not motivated and you're not flexible, good luck. Hey, Mandy, how are you? Springfield. Morning, Mike. Not a question, just a statement. Loan Depot, fourth largest bank, is in trouble. Posted huge first quarter loss, and I'm looking for a pre-announcement for them on Q2 earnings. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, you're going to also hear about layoffs, restructurings. It's it, this this real estate recession is coming, folks. I yeah, I I can't see how real a drop in transactions doesn't cause three or four percent of GDP just to disappear. I have a networking question. Do you have any advice or opinion on exclusivity agreements? My agent had me sign one of those. Basically, I only can use him unless give notice to cancel. I never signed those. Uh, I worked with the person who brought me. I think, again, my opinion about exclusivity agreements is they are fine if you are a home buyer, like owner-occupant, and your agent's going to take you to 12 listings. I would never sign an exclusivity agreement as a real estate investor. My job is to network with every agent, tell everybody my buy box, and then to be loyal to whoever brings me the deal. That's what I think. Hey, Rob, how are you? Hope all is good. Claude, I, I said that right. Claude, how are you? Basilio, good morning. Uh, Noe, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Invest LYH, Central Virginia. How are you? Uh, Good morning, all. Oh, just sent out a contract out for a seller at finance FI deal, 0% interest, $1,500 down, should cash flow $600 a month after repairs. Folks, take your shot. I, again, I can't, I can't effectively communicate how excited I am about the next two years. If you understand seller financing, if you understand how to market how to find network. If you're comfortable writing crazy ass lowball offers, if you're like one of the questions in our Facebook group yesterday, I responded back with, I would write two offers. I would write a cash price at this. And then I'd write a seller financing at this. Get creative, invest in yourself. Um, know your buy box. This, this is a time not to be lazy. If you want to take advantage of a recession, do you want to create true what legacy wealth? deals of a lifetime. It's done in recessions by finding motivated sellers and figuring out a way to do it. I just told you about one earlier where I'm going to use a 50-40-10, 10% down. I'm going to do cost segregation and bonus depreciation to get about 6% of my money back year one. And I'm going to be into units for 4% down. I'm going to use every tool, every lever to take my whatever million bucks if just think, how much property could i buy at a million bucks with four percent down i have no idea let me see if i can do that math i'm not even sure how to do that math i think i do it this way let's see yeah i can buy 25 million dollars in property that's a lot of property now can i do it all this way probably not but can i do half i hope so I'm, I'm going to spend a shit ton of money trying to find them. 
Yeah. So get creative, invest in yourself, get a buy box. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, stop being cheap, buy my course for 320, join the Facebook group, join all the bonus sessions we give away, all the deep dives. Learn this stuff. Don't just play. Learn this stuff. Yeah. Uh, can buy and hold investors with their first burr. Wait, can buy and hold it help? Oh, can buy and hold help. Sorry, help investors with their first burr. Um, so burr is one of those things uh, that sounds sexy. Oh, I can build a real estate portfolio with none of my own money. Yeah, you can. If you buy it right, you have a team and you don't get burned with, you know, this or that. Um, again, as I wrote in, I actually dedicated, it's the only topic in my second book that has two chapters. Because I believe a lot of people are going to try Burr because of bigger pockets. And they're going to try it because they make it sound easy. I have two chapters in this book. And one of them explicitly says Burr is an advanced strategy. So given it's an advanced strategy, I don't think I would tell. Again, folks, this is not 2010. Not only is the housing market acting weird, but the lending market. You think the lending market is tight today, folks? I got a note from a non-QM lender who places millions of dollars. They just told me that PIMCO and Credit Suisse, Suisse, Credit Suisse have stopped buying. Something is broken in the world. So no, I, I think Burr is not a great strategy for the first person. And I think Bigger Pockets does themselves a disservice by pushing it on unexpecting people. People want to, they want the easy money, the get rich quick, the this, the that. They want it. Bigger Pockets is a publishing house. I don't know, in my opinion. Or, or maybe they're a house that raises money for syndications. I don't know. I think they've lost their way, but sorry. I don't mean to rant. Change, change something, change something. So yeah, I, I don't think Burr is a great strategy. I don't think it's a great strategy today, period. And I think it's a terrible strategy for a first-time buy-and-hold person. But again, if you get the right deal, maybe. Absolutes are impossible in this business. It's always about the deal. Uh, do you think the sharp move in treasuries is some kind, some sort of economic warfare? In 2008, Russia approached China and wanted to dump trillions of bonds on the market. I had not thought of that. Um, I don't think so. So we just ended the quarter, as everybody knows, right? Uh, July, June 30th, Thursday was the end of the quarter. Uh, lots of people expected the stock market to go up 7%. Remember, there was that Morgan Stanley analyst uh, who said the stock market could see 7% increase because of rebalancing. That clearly did not happen. So what I think happened, Theta, is all that money that was going to go at rebalancing, I think they bought bonds instead. I think it's that simple. 
I think a lot of the rebalancing went to bonds. It was so, it was almost equal weighting. The, uh, the expected equity rebalance, it was almost equal. So no, I don't, I do not think currently it was economic warfare at all. I think it was simply the smart money saying, we're not going to put more, we're not going to put new money in stocks. We're going to put it in bonds. I mean, they got 3% in an environment where you're expecting the S&P 500 to fall. Because again, remember, uh, stock market collapse happens in three phases. Phase one, compression of earnings, or I'm sorry, compression of multiple, multiple. That's happened mainly. Second, we're going to have earnings cuts. I think people are going, you know what? We're going to have a nasty Q3. So that's what I think happened. I think people looked at the stock market, said the stock market is still overvalued. I'm going to put my money in bonds and get 3%. So no, I do not think this is some kind of Russia, China conspiracy. Could it happen? Absolutely. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's what just happened. Not at all. How much would the real estate stock market have to fall in order for you to justify a cash out refi on a property with 50% equity, assuming the refi rate would be much higher than current rate and her cash flow? Uh, that's a, I mean, the stock market could fall to 80% and it wouldn't, it, it would not cause me to do anything different with my real estate portfolio. Um, I don't know. No, I don't think there is a number. I don't, I, that's not how I look at it. I mean, if the real, let's just play it out, right? Let's say my, my market of Fresno, California has a 50% crash. Let's just play it out, Joey. Uh, first off, all the, a lot of the equity I think I have, I no longer have. Uh, and as you, in your example, rates are much higher. So cash out refi wouldn't make sense for rate and probably term. I would just go to private money. I think the time to do cash out refis, frankly, uh, were a year ago or nine months ago when I told you, when when Matt and I told Dion, what the hell are you doing with the free and clear house? Go get that money. It was absolutely the right thing to do. Then uh, I am not in a hurry to do any cash out refis today. I I told you when I did them and that's when I thought they were smart. I, I don't think I don't think I would do a cash out refi today. I mean, cash out refi is going to be in the seventh. Whoa, yuck. Yeah, I don't think I would do one, Joey. Sorry. Probably not what you wanted to hear. Michael Burry tweeted yesterday that the stock market still has 50% drop to go. Any thoughts? Um, first off, I don't think he said 50%. I think he said we're halfway there. So let's let's not over-exaggerate. Um I think that's what he said. I think we're, I think he said the crash is halfway done or something like that. So that's not that's not another 50%. Um, I think he's right. I know I've said that for a while. I said it before he tweeted it. And I, I bring it to you every day on the daily financial news. I think I think the bottoming of the stock market is a three-phase process. And we're we're not even done with phase one yet. Yeah, I I and I've told you everybody keeps asking, when are you gonna buy stocks? Well. I might start looking at the S&P 500 at 3,100. I think today it's at 3,800. So what's that? Another 25%. So yeah, I think it still has, again, am I, I don't really care if I'm wrong. Who cares? I don't have any money in the game, but I, I have money set aside for the first time in 15 years, 15 years. Oh man, it might be 20 years. 
Oh my God, it's been 20 years. Oh, sheesh, I'm old. So the first time in 20 years, I have money at Charles Schwab waiting to buy stocks, but it'll, I'll only buy it. I won't even look until the S&P 500 is at 3,100. So again, I don't think Mike, Michael Burry said 50%. I think he said we're halfway there. Uh, Anna, who do I pay the 50, 40, 10 down payment to? That would be the seller. Again, watch the deep dive video. It's all in there. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's not really any rule for home affordability. Carlos, you need to learn what it is for your buy box in your area. I wrote about affordability in this book because uh, it saved my ass in 2006. Uh, again, everybody's affordability is different. Uh, some states calculate it different. For example, there's a video coming out today, I think at three o'clock might be five o'clock where Matt, the lumberjack does a uh, deep dive on New Hampshire and their affordability is calculated entirely differently. Theirs goes from zero to 200 where mine goes from zero to 100. Um, so learn your area. And then what I would do is I would look at affordability over the last three decades and see what it tells you. In my market, if affordability ever gets below 20, there's a problem. Last time I checked, it's in the, in the mid thirties. So, so you have to learn yours. My, my rule of thumb is not your rule of thumb. And I really like those books in hardcover. Yeah. Carlos, looking to buy a single family home, first time homeowner. Awesome. Uh, property, I think you're going to have your pick of the litter. I think FHA or VA loans or a low down conventionals uh, are going to have a lot more um, opportunity. So your chances of getting a deal, 203K loan, all of them. I think uh, with the real estate crash in transactions, Carlos, you'll have a chance. And oh, by the way, 30-year rates are falling. I mean, the 10-year note's crashing, 30-year rates are down um, in the last week or so. So good luck. I wish you nothing but nothing but luck, and I hope you get whatever house you, you, you would like. Um, Monto, um, yeah, I think you can, but again, go reach out to Stephen Dow. It's his loan product. He's, he's the first, uh, the seller's not going to care where it comes from. Uh, actually I think you can, cause I think in the questions he asked, uh, does the money have to be seasoned or can it be gifted? So yeah, you can use a HELOC. I'm sure. Uh, I did a two or three kilo on a foreclosure. It was amazing. Yep. Two or three K loans. Again, uh, if I if I was going to do one thing, like if I was magically 25 again, God, that'd be great. If I was 25 again, didn't own anything. I think right now what I would be looking for, because again, I expect housing to uh, crater for transactions. I think the first thing I'd be hunting for is a 203, a single family home, 203 K loan. Again, you won't find it today, but after July 20th, when the world wakes up to a housing-based recession, yeah, that's what I would be doing. If I had one strategy today, it might be a 203K loan house hack. That's probably what I would be doing. Again, this is about understanding multiple things, merging it all together to do amazing, get on the wealth 
wealth ladder. Uh, yeah, dude, a 203k loan with a house hack. How amazing would that be? Oh, that'd be awesome. Hmm. No down payment, fully remodeled. Then you get tenants and you live for free. 203k house hack would be like a dream come true at 25. Think you'll be tempted into a future Airbnb investment? No chance in hell. Zero chance. I um, realize that I am closer to the end of my investing career than the beginning. I uh, I have a model that works. I don't I don't have to buy anything else and be just fine. Uh, no, uh, no chance. Zero chance. Don't want the headaches. Don't want the turn. No, no chance. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Not gonna happen. <clears throat> Roughly 25 to 30 cent take home pay as a mortgage payment. Okay. I was in the Zoom, a deep dive. I must have missed the escrow part. Thank you. Oh, no problem. It's possible we didn't hit it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought we did, but it was a long session. So I might be I might be forgetful on it. No problem. I love your questions. That's all. Good morning. Greed is good. Zuber, how you doing? Uh Seller financing is the way to go. Win-win buyer-seller. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're not embarrassed by your first offer, you've offered it too much. It's funny. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram, my team put out a, a meme a couple days ago uh, You know, the, about a couple lying in bed where the woman's looking this way and the guy's looking that way. The, the lady thinks, I bet he's thinking about a girl. And then the guy's thinking, they accepted my offer. I offered too much. I think that's funny. <laughs> I think that's funny. Uh, what should I be thinking about if family would be living with me and splitting the mortgage, same rule, or can I extend the potential total of the mortgage? Uh, I'm not sure what you're saying. The same rule. I think you're talking about affordability. If I remember your question earlier, I wouldn't overthink it. A good deal is a good deal. Uh, learn your buy box, learn your area, do what makes sense. Uh, it's great that you're going to have somebody paying your mortgage. Uh, I think your time is coming. I really do think transactions crash and FHA uh, low down payment loans, 203k loans, you have your chances coming. The last two years have been tough. Um, yeah. You can't borrow with 10 to 20% interest rates. I mean, I hate blanket statements. Sure you can. If you buy it cheap enough, <coughs> it's really, really hard. But uh, anything's possible if you buy it cheap enough. Uh, wholesalers always brag about their burrs, but don't factor in their marketing and overhead. Uh, again, I've said it a lot. Uh, in this environment, there's a lot of people that have been bragging and showing off and acting all flashy. They're about to go broke. We're going to have less, half, half as many real estate agents, well, maybe not half, 30% less real estate agent, half as many wholesalers, 30% less flippers. Folks, recessions Burned, like it's like a forest fire. And if you are not a strong tree with, with reserves and you have set your, your portfolio up, you can be like Dave Ramsey. Dave freaking Ramsey. Five million in property, four million in debt. The guy was a flipping millionaire. He had the wrong lending product and went bankrupt. Dave freaking Ramsey went bankrupt as a millionaire. 
there are a lot of wholesalers, a lot of flippers, a lot of investors who are going to go bust because they got cocky. They didn't change. They got stupid. It's going to happen. Yeah, okay. What do you think about Pace Morgan's program? I don't. I know Pace Morby. I know Laura Morby even more than Pace. I know Co Cody, his partner, more than Pace. I think Pace, um, uh, I've never taken this program, so I can't speak uh, as I've taken it. But I think Pace, he's pushing creative financing, uh, which I think is the right thing to do. Uh, I've heard great things about it, right? I, ha I have friends who have spent, I've had friends in his mastermind, right? I think his mastermind's like five or 10 grand. I had friends in it. They have nothing but good things to say. Uh, I think Pace has a lot going on, right? He's a TV star now. He's all over the country. Um, I think he's this generation's Robert Allen, right? If you don't know who Robert Allen is, Robert Allen was creative financing, like Carlton Sheets, who was quoted <coughs> quoted earlier by Jeffrey. I think he. I think he is. <coughs> I think he's raising. I think he's raising awareness that you can control real estate in more ways than one. It's actually a program that I, I probably will go out to one of his events in Arizona. As I've said many times in the last 60 days, I need, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's dry. I need to learn more skills. I need to learn pre-foreclosures. I need to learn sub two. So there's a very, very good chance that sometime this year I'm in Arizona at his program, but I haven't been there yet. Yeah. So, but I like him. I like what he's doing. I've interviewed, I think I've interviewed Pace like four times. I've interviewed Cody five or six times. I've interviewed Laura. Laura was a featured guest until they had their, um, their child. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're doing, I think they're, I think they're doing good things. Thank you, Jeffrey. You gave us a spreadsheet in the group. I have to go find that. <clears throat> Man, my throat's dry. I liken the 40 to 50 year mortgage to widening a road with the intent of easing traffic congestion because there's more traffic lanes now and induces more people to drive. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think lipstick flips are generally speaking, uh, Paint and carpet, no mechanicals, no, uh, you're not ripping anything out. You're not replacing drywall. Uh, every market is different, but yeah, paint, carpet, fixtures, you know, handles, uh, sink, you know, uh, a new faucet, uh, stuff like that. Um, for me, a lipstick flip might go anywhere from 3000 to 8000 bucks where uh gut what are you calling it a full rehab i don't i think a full rehab starts at like 15 grand probably starts at 15 grand probably averages 20 grand so i think a lipstick flip probably averages 4500 where a full rehab averages 20 grand and again a full rehab means i'm gutting the kitchen gutting the baths that's where most of the money goes new flooring Probably new windows. Yeah, probably new windows. 
I'm thinking about putting an offer in on a $1.7 million home in Folsom, California. Do you think I should wait? I have no idea. No idea. Don't, don't, I, is it listed at 1.7 or is 1.7 your offer? Don't know the days on market. Don't know, don't know. Are you paying cash? You're getting a loan. How secure is your job? There's so many variables in there, Johnny Fly. No idea. No idea. How many, how many days on market? How many other properties? How motivates the seller? No idea. No question. I, no idea. You tell me. If the rebalancing went to bonds, then that reverses quickly if smart money thinks the Fed retreats. So rates will bump back up in the next couple of weeks and we'll see the same end of Q3, Q4. Yeah, I don't know. We could. Yeah, I think, um, man, that was really weird. I mean, the 10-year the went from 3.49 to 2.88 in like 11 days. Crazy. It's not supposed to move like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, many of the home listings are empty, which means more speculation in the market than people realize. Uh, I don't know that that's true. There's lots of reasons homes could be empty. It doesn't have to be speculation. I think what it means is there's more motivation. I will give you that. I think calling it speculation is a stretch. Uh, I frankly, I don't really care. I don't really care why it's empty. Uh, the fact that it is empty, tourist, and this might be what you're going for. Uh, I would offer less. I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, if I walk through a listing and it's empty and it's been on the market 30 days, I'm going to offer less. I think that's absolutely true. Um, yeah, because if it's if it's occupied and you know they still live there, I mean, the most likely answer is, nope, I'm going to stay. But if it's empty, they gone. Or they never showed up. Maybe it's an investment or a second home. <clears throat> yeah, empty homes, like empty, empty, that's a sign of motivation to me, Trist. So I offer less. Uh, you have stated as an investor, there's been no benefit in getting your real estate license. What about getting the buyer's agent commission representing yourself as a benefit? Um, I just, it may, maybe it sounds horrible, but I don't like the paperwork and all the liability. I never represented myself. I, I always, I always gave my side to the seller or the listing agent. I'm not interested in a couple of thousand dollars. I mean, I don't, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant. But no, I, I let my license expire. I got it right after I retired. Uh, I made, I don't know, 30,000 bucks, 35,000 bucks by getting half of the listings on my stuff. But I never used it as a buyer. I always gave it to the other side. And uh, yeah, it's not worth, not worth the paperwork, not worth the headache. I never did an open house. I, I got my license for one reason. I thought there was extra data or data in the MLS that I could not see. I spent weeks studying for the California Association of Realtors exam and passing it. Shockingly, I was shocked I passed the first time. I didn't study all that hard. Um, I was I was shocked that there was no extra data in the financial system. Yeah, that's why I didn't. But again, if you want to get the buyer side, go for it. 
wasn't important to me. Just, again, I hope that doesn't sound bad, but I wanted to stand out, so I gave it to the seller or the listing agent. Two, 3K loan, ADU would be sweet too. Yeah, it would. Yeah, absolutely. I think the 203K loan comboed with house hacking or ADU or some kind of other income. Again, if I could if if I could trade everything I have now to be 25 again, absolutely. And that's where I would go. Uh, every time you hit the like button, an angel gets its wings. So we have 38 angels created. Uh, we can do better. We got 236 people watching. We can do better than 38. Zuber, can you comment on uh, Zellman's prediction? Uh, assuming you're talking about Ivy Zellman and Ivy's Zellman's prediction that we will have uh, more homes in a decade than we need. I think she is greatly misguided. Uh, I believe something that we have suffered since 2016 is a horrible immigration philosophy or process. Uh, one of the things that I think made America great is we were the country where the best and brightest wanted to come and make a name. Uh, we have adopted a immigration policy uh, in 2016, and it continues to today that I think is unhealthy long term. Uh, I think eventually that will change. And again, I want the best and brightest. I don't think, you know, th this is not, you know, open borders and anybody comes that's not okay. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the best and brightest. I don't know if it's a scoring system or whatever it's called, right? That's that's above my pay grade. But I think the fact that we lost being the country that the best and brightest want to come to is a is a mistake. So it is my belief, uh, and I think Ivy Zellman calls it out in her research that uh, migration could turn this around, and that's what I think happens. I mean, what do we want? Do we want the best and brightest going to China? Do we want the best and brightest going to Europe or South America or Australia? I think eventually we will figure it out. We will have some kind of scoring or ranking or whatever it's called that lets the people that want the people that want to come here and invest and make something. That's okay. We should like that, in my opinion. If you want to invest and create jobs and and make the world a better place, I think you should come here. If you just want to come here for free handouts, this or that, then no thank you. But yeah, if you want to come here with a master's degree and create a business and do all of that stuff and be a productive member of society, I think that should be encouraged in my opinion. So I think Ivy Zellman is wrong because she's not, not lifting her head up to realize that the last six years of immigration has been unhealthy. So that's my opinion. Yep, live. Yeah, the live will start in about 10 minutes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Being, a, uh, being, a, being in software sales into a recession, uh, do yourself a favor, get close to uh, key products. That's not a time to be like the, the worst job to have in a recession is a sales team on a brand new product with zero revenue. So for the last 10 years of my career, my job was to take products from zero to 100 million. I did it three times. And um, it's an amazing job. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's the worst job to have in a recession. 
companies don't invest, companies kill products that don't produce revenue. So get close to core product. Uh, second thing you learn in a recession is it's a lot easier to farm than hunt. Farming in sales speak means getting an existing company to buy more versus hunting, getting somebody who has zero to buy something. So yeah, re recessions are tough. 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 Yeah. What do you think signing an exclusive relationship with a realtor for our for our state? I think you say out of state investing and committing to paying them a fixed commission for them bringing full team of property management. Um, probably not the right guy to ask. I've never done out-of-state investing. Again, I stand by my earlier comment. I would never do an exclusive relationship. That's just me. My job is to network. My job is to tell everybody my buy box. When I give somebody the exclusive agreement, it gives them permission to be lazy or bad. I would never do that. But again, I've never done out-of-state. So um, uh, Millennial Mike is somebody I talked to. He's created stuff for our course. Others have done out of state, but my opinion is I would never, the only time I would sign an exclusive agreement is if Olivia and I were looking for a brand new home in another city. And um, that person was sending us listings and having weekly phone calls and stuff. I might sign it there, but as an investor, let me just say this one more time. As an investor, I would never sign an exclusive relationship. If you are today in the exact same situation you were before, where you have eight properties and banks are not giving you a loan, how would you scale up to 80 properties in this high interest rate environment? I would repeat what I did in my book. I Again, my affordability, my market is crashing. I believe that apartments are going to crash next year. Uh, I would be setting up to 1031 exchange. So Sarah... I'm going to, I'm actually doing right now what I did last time. There's no difference except the pile of money is different. I'm buying residential properties that cash flow day one. And my intention is to 1031 exchange into multifamily when all these commercial investors blow up. I think the, the idiot, idiotic deal structures that I see today in the apartment market is exactly the stupid things we did in single family homes last time. It's a, we did short-term debt. Yep. Check. We did stupid assumptions. Yeah, check. We let newbie investors get high leverage. Yep, yeah, check. The multifamily market is this bigger is better nonsense going to blow up on so many people. So the answer is I would try to buy one or two more houses that cash flow day one and 1031 exchange later. Nothing different. What a percent of the current inflation is caused by money printing versus supply chain? No idea. No idea. I'm not sure it even matters. I guess it matters a little. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about it that way. Don't know. Don't know. Oh, you were a guest speaker in Robert Allen. Yeah, there you go. I have never closed on a property. How long does it take to close a deal after getting on contract? I've seen a lot of properties that have been under contract for six to seven weeks. I would say an average transaction is six. Average. I think what we're going to see a lot of in the next, again, this is, this is why 
real estate moves slow. We're going to see people at the six-week mark extend. Why? Because the rate changed or the appraisal came in low or this or that. So again, average is six weeks. A fast closing is 30 days. This is with loans and appraisals. I would say six is average. Uh, but in an environment of low appraisals and all these other things, um, yeah, it's going to go longer. But here's the deal. If there was a property that I liked, that I lost out on, and I, I've done this, and I've told all of you if I've done this. Let me tell you again. This is why your buy box and your tracking spreadsheet is so important. You find this awesome property. You want it. You write a good offer, but somebody pays more. You're second. What I do is at four weeks, I call the listing agent and say, hey, how's your deal going? Is it getting shaky? At four weeks, they probably say, no, great. The deal's fine. I call them back at six weeks, say, how's the deal going? Folks, I have gotten more properties being in second position than winning the bid. I am not, I don't, I have, I know my numbers. I don't overpay for anything. I use six week mark as a time to call the listing agent. Don't wait for the listing to come back because then you have competition. Find a property you like, know your numbers, and at four weeks call, at six weeks call, at eight weeks call, at 10 weeks call. Eventually, some deals will blow up and the agent will say, you know what? Thank you for calling. Let me give you the deal and never put it back on the market. So, all right, folks, I'm going to call this at 57 minutes, 242 people watching. Thank you very much. Thumbs up, remember, thumbs up, angel get its wings. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, if you subscribe to the channel, you will help us get to 50,000 subs faster. What does that mean? That means you get to watch me spend 10,000 bucks trying to host an event Um uh, somewhere, probably Vegas, uh, where we say hi and all of that stuff. So again, if you want to see me spend 10 grand, subscribe, like, comment. Let's have some fun. Facebook group. I'll see you in a couple minutes. Bye.